When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, Carl Morris, and associate producer William Smith. Visit patreon.com slash positivelytrek to help support the podcast. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shoutouts, associate producer credits, and more. Thank you for your support, and keep trekking. Well, here we are, folks. We are in a post-CBS all-access world. Welcome to the latest episode of Positively Trek. I'm Dan Gunther. With me, as he is every week, is Bruce Gibson. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I knew when CBS all-access launched that that name was not never going to stick for long. I said that way back when. I'm like, that's that name's just mm-mm, no. But yeah, now we're in that post-period of time, and now we know what it's actually called now. Yeah, Paramount Plus. So this launched as we're recording this a couple of days ago. And I'm curious. I'm up here in Canada. We do have the streaming platform formerly known as CBS All Access up here. Uh, But I'm not subscribed to it because the Star Trek shows, we get them a different way up here. Uh, So I haven't been able to see this new service or, or experience anything with it. Bruce, have you checked it out since it's become Paramount Plus? Yes, I have. As a matter of fact, I was excited on that day just to see the new logo on the app and go in there and check it out. And so I did. And I went in there and saw, well, you know, it still looks the same. It just has a different name on it, you know. So that's pretty much the the only real difference Because if you think about the evolution of the service, they added Nickelodeon content to it about a year ago because it was strictly just CBS content. It was the CBS television network content plus additional things like Discovery. So they added some original content, but then they added Nickelodeon to have a kid's flavor to it. And then they added the rest of the Viacom CBS properties to it last year. So That's all a result of the whole merger between Viacom and CBS. That's why they rebranded Paramount Plus, because it's not really just CBS anymore. So the product has been there for several months now. They just have a name that complements the product better. So, yeah, it's pretty much the same. There's a few new things in there. So what I was really happy to see is the Real World Homecoming New York, because that first season of Real World I watched back in the day. I'm the age of those people 
And so I watched the first episode of that. So I was really excited to see that in there. But from a Star Trek standpoint, there's uh, three movies. Not all the movies are in there. It's just The Voyage Home, Generations, and Nemesis. Now, maybe Mm -hmm. the others are coming at some point, but right now it's just those three. So I do see more movies in the service. I don't know how many more. Uh, Of course, there's something new from SpongeBob SquarePants. There's CBS's 60 Minutes Plus. There's a few other little things in there, but it's not some big, huge change. There's just some additional content with new name on it. I do have to imagine those those other Star Trek movies will be coming at some point. I wonder, I've seen speculation online that it's, you know, they're waiting for various rights holders to to stream them on other services to, for those those deals to expire basically before uh, Paramount Plus can kind of get those back, if that makes sense. It does make sense because I've seen Nemesis in so many different places. The rights for that is out there for some reason, but yeah, there must be some other right holders on the other content that it can't premiere on Paramount Plus at this point. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's, it's too bad. I, I know they're kind of losing a little bit of the goodwill they had with the the launch because I'm seeing a lot of people complaining that, you know, it's not some totally brand new service, but I mean, that was never going to be the thing. It was just a rebranding of the existing service. So I think there were some unrealistic expectations out there that have been dashed, unfortunately. Yeah. In my mind, it became Paramount Plus last year. When it Mm -hmm. added all these other properties from MTV to Comedy Central, so on and so forth, all those, you know, Nickelodeon and all that, it just made sense that they changed the name. And that's really all it is. So they changed the name and they're adding some more original content. And, of course, adding more library of movies to it as time goes on. Well, we'll definitely uh, keep checking in with you as as the months go by and we learn more about what's new on Paramount+, Plus, especially when it comes to Star Trek releases. Yeah, and the cool thing also is you used to have the network service logo come on at the beginning of all the new Star Trek series. So it would come on CBS All Access before the show would start. Now it's coming up with the logo, the stars that go around the the mountain and it says paramount plus original so they've changed that for all the discovery lower decks and picard and short tracks oh interesting i'd love to see what that looks like that's cool i'll have to show you you just can't see it on the podcast so we'll have to do that later all right sounds good well speaking of paramount and star trek films we have the return of our favorite segment on our podcast where we get to frustratingly talk about the Star Trek movie franchise and what's going on with that. So we did get some news uh, over the past couple days that a particular writer has been tapped to write the next Star Trek film. And this would be, I think, like the fourth take maybe on whatever this this next Star Trek film is going to be. But Discovery and Short Treks writer Kalinda Vazquez Uh, has been tapped to write the new film for J.J. Abrams' company, Bad Robot. So, uh, Kalinda Vasquez, interesting writer. I really enjoyed her work in Short Treks, and she has a a teleplay credit on an episode of Discovery. Uh, She's also been a writer for Fear the Walking Dead, I believe it is. And uh, the most interesting thing I learned from all of this, though, is that her name, Kalinda, was given to her, and she was named after an original series Star Trek character, the character of Kalinda 
in the TOS episode by any other name. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that means she's got Star Trek blood in her family, you know, Absolutely. at least of interest. <laughs> yeah. You know, I saw this news and I'm not getting too excited about it. You know, I mean, to your point, isn't this like the fourth time or something we've gotten news? It could be the fifth thing. I mean, we keep getting these little things of, oh, there's something in the works for a new movie and then it falls flat. Now, I'm a little more encouraged with this because it's under the new regime of Viacom CBS. So it's not so much of like the old times where the two companies were merging and one's operating separately from the other. And then when they merge, it's like we, they want to scrap the plans that Paramount was planning and start over. Now I think they probably have scoped out the the plans going forward of what they want to do. So this one I think might stick. Yeah, I, I do have a bit of a different feeling from this as well. Like you said, it, it feels like it's a little bit more of a proactive move. And I mean, I, I don't have any kind of insights to the ins and outs of movie production over at Paramount. But all of the news that we got previously seemed a little bit more passive. It was a little bit like, oh, Quentin Tarantino wants to do this. He's pitching his idea. Uh, We have this Noah Hawley script that we're looking at. We might do. This really sounds like, okay, we've tapped this writer. We as a group have decided we're going to move forward with this. We're going to tap this writer to write us a script. Whether or not that morphs into a fully realized film project or not, it definitely feels like they're sitting around going, okay, what are we going to do to move this forward? Because we need to do something with this. We can't just let it kind of pass us by. So I, I do have a little bit of a different feeling from this and, and a little bit of optimism. Uh, again, I'm not getting too excited. Like you always say, until the camera rolls, until they say action, you know, let's not count our chickens before they're hatched. And even then, sometimes things happen, right? So uh, yeah, not getting too ahead of ourselves here, but definitely will be following this story with interest and notice they say she's been tapped to write the script so mm-hmm. the script hasn't been written the script hasn't been approved <laughs> you know so. yeah there's a lot between here and there for sure <laughs> yeah so we'll see it is interesting though that she has written for short tracks and discovery so will this movie tie into that in some capacity will it play in the kelvin universe will it create some other timeline of sorts i who knows where they're going to go with this mm-hmm. the possibilities really are endless uh, like we mentioned she wrote a short trek episode ask not which is actually one of my favorites it's the one with uh that uh cadet sidhu is in charge of an incarcerated captain pike and there's it turns out to, well i won't spoil it if you haven't watched it but it's a really good short trek episode ask not uh set in the the discovery enterprise strange new worlds type era era there so uh yeah definitely worth checking out and i'm really curious to see what she comes up with i I really can't wait to get kind of you know the leaks and that sort of thing about what this story might be about and because we're getting so much star trek and we're getting it on paramount plus i'm very much in the camp of if we get a movie great and if we don't oh well Because I'm pretty satisfied, you know, I'm getting all this Star Trek that I don't need to see it on a big screen, you know, I mean, sure, I'd love to see it, but I, if it's not on the big screen, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek films have have not been my favorite part of the franchise for quite some time. So, you know, I'm excited to get a movie, but like you say, 
we have five series coming in the <laughs> right. very short term here with more planned after that. I mean, it, we've, we have an embarrassment of riches of Star Trek. I'm more than satisfied with Star Trek on television, but yeah, I'd love to check out a, a Star Trek film every two to three years. <laughs> you know, if, if that's in the cards, I, I would love to see that as well. I would love to see, and I've said this before, I'd love to see a trilogy, a planned out trilogy of three movies that are all connected into this one arc. But I think one of the smart things they could do is somehow tie this film into whatever's going on in Discovery and Picard or, or something to that effect where people who see the movie who aren't big into Star Trek say, oh, after seeing that movie, I want to check out these other shows because there's some connection of something with them. Yeah. And I mean, that's a that's a really smart move. You're seeing that so many uh, times in different media and different franchises. WandaVision, for example, recently ended its run on Disney+. Plus. Loved the series. And I've seen online comments like, I've never really been into the Marvel films or anything, but I watched WandaVision and it's so good and so interesting. I really, which which films should I check out and all this stuff? So it's a really smart marketing move to kind of tie things together and say, you know, not necessarily that you have to watch this thing to understand what's going on, but more along the lines of, hey, if you enjoyed this check out these things over here and subscribe to Paramount Plus, you know? So yeah, it's a really smart move to get those, you know, synergy, right? There's the corporate buzzword. Got to get that all working together. Yeah. And since this film is going to be under Bad Robot, J.J. Abrams' company, you know, maybe they will play in the Kelvin timeline and somehow tie this to the timeline, the prime timeline. And so there's this bridge. The film almost represents a bridge between the two. That would be pretty cool. There will be a lot of belly aching from certain corners of fandom, but I think most of us will be really happy to see the universe brought more tightly together, you know, not have these two separate camps where, you know, one just doesn't really have anything to do with the other. We saw hints of that in season three of Discovery as well, which yep. is pretty cool. So, you know, continuing down that path, I think bringing it all together. And even if uh, our thoughts on the upcoming CODA trilogy for uh, the Star Trek novels, you know, that's kind of something that brings together different timelines by the sounds of it and that kind of thing. So, you know, could see something similar for the franchise as a whole. Yeah, and maybe The Flash shows up and does something to the timey-wimey stuff. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's a different universe. Sorry. <laughs> well, moving on to our next piece of news. Those of you who prefer to watch your Star Trek via physical media, as opposed to on a streaming service like Paramount+, Plus, we have news about the Star Trek Lower Decks coming to DVD and Blu-ray on May 18th. So I'm pretty excited about this. I do stream Star Trek and, and I'm subscribed to streaming services that allow me to watch Star Trek. However, I do like getting Star Trek on physical media. So I'm pretty excited about this. We've got a standard release as well as a steelbook release, which, you know, I, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on this. So how about you, Bruce? Do you pick up physical media still, at least with it, when it comes to Star Trek, or are you a streaming-only kind of guy? You know, I would like to say I'm a streaming-only kind of guy because it's so convenient. I can bring it up on my phone. I can bring it up on any TV in the house. I don't have to put a disc in, wait for it to load, doing all that shenanigans that comes with it because I, it's just faster and easier to do streaming. But... I do end up buying these Blu-ray sets because of the additional features mm -hmm. and 
also <laughs> because how good the picture quality is on my TV on Blu-ray. I'm doing a rewatch of Picard. And as I've told you off the show, it's like, oh my gosh, it looks so beautiful. The Blu-ray just looks so crisp and, and the colors and everything on my TV just is so great. And the sound, the whole thing. And then, you know, I really like the extras. I like the commentaries, of course, like, you know, things like deleted, deleted scenes and featurettes and such. So it brings more to the product. So I buy it for the reason of the additional content, for most of the reason for, for that content. Yeah, I'm in the same camp as you. I do love those special features. Commentary tracks especially, I think, can be really insightful. But even those little documentaries and, and featurettes and things like that really can make it worth picking this up. And this Lower deck set is not short on special features. No commentary tracks as far as I can see, but uh, lots of interesting little features and uh, documentaries and that kind of thing, along with deleted and extended uh, animatics for deleted scenes and episodes, which is another big draw for people I know who are completionists and want to see all those little bits that ended up on the cutting room floor. So... This looks like it's going to be pretty cool. I'm actually most excited for the Crisis Point, the Rise of Vindicta trailer, mm -hmm. an exclusive over-the-top action trailer based on the in-episode movie from the episode, my favorite episode of season one of Lower Decks, Crisis Point. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'm most excited for Hiding in Plain Sight. And this is a look at all the hidden Easter eggs throughout the series. So when I saw this Blu-ray was coming out, my first thought was, I hope they do something where they point out all the little Easter eggs and all the connections to canon and stuff. That would be really cool. And I started looking through the list and I hit this. I was like, oh, yes, there it is. That's what I want. I am disappointed there's no commentary because I think the commentary would be one, interesting, and two, could be very funny. Too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear Mike McMahon talking about this, some of this stuff or, or some of the stars like uh, Jerry O'Connell. If right. you don't follow him on Twitter, oh my goodness, follow him. He's hilarious. I'd love to hear him do a commentary on an episode. Yeah, I would too. But, you know, there's enough special features in this that makes it worth picking up, in my opinion. That hiding in plain sight, the canon and Easter eggs thing, I'll have to compare that to my Lower Decks deep dive videos on my YouTube channel and see if I caught everything. <laughs> That's why, what's one reason I want to see is because there might be something in there that none of us have picked up, you know, mm -hmm. where they say, oh, we did this. And if you look in the background, da, 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 that means, and that the reason that's there because it, and it's like, oh my gosh, never even saw that. You know, I want that. I want that experience. Well, like we said, this uh, is going to be available on May 18th, and I will have a link in the description. You can pre-order that. Let's do a review of this Blu-ray set, I think, when it comes out. I think we're going to have to do that. Yeah, yeah, let's do that, because I I've never bought a steelbook for anything. I'm probably not going to buy it for this either. So it's just additional art in the inside the steelbook book right yeah it's just different packaging it's a metal case uh nice art on the inside i do have the picard steelbook for season one which it's just gorgeous i really like it and it's more money right <laughs> yeah it's typically more money. <laughs> typically <laughs> but not a little much. bit more yeah yeah okay <laughs> i don't know maybe i'll do it just to do it because i never bought one it's a way to get more money out of you basically but i, I like it <laughs> Oh, come on. You know, Viacom CBS, just give me a call and say, send us a check. I'll just send you a check. And you don't even need to send me anything. I'm willing to give you even more money. Just keep doing what you're doing. Well, speaking of sending checks and raising money, 
Uh, we have another story here, which is pretty interesting. You provided me with a very nice segue there. Uh, we have news about the Voyager documentary. So you may remember the Deep Space Nine documentary of a few years ago. Uh, the same folks behind that are working on a similar type of documentary for Star Trek Voyager. Crowdfunding for this documentary recently opened up. And on its first day of crowdfunding, according to this uh, article from the Trek Collective, they blew through their third stretch goal of $400,000 raised. Uh, so that's just in one day they've blown through those stretch goals. Now, I've opened up the Indiegogo site for the Voyager campaign just as of this recording. As of right now, we're recording this on Saturday morning, March the 6th, uh, to take a look at where they're at. And they have blown through their next stretch goal of $500,000 and are rapidly approaching $600,000. i am looking at this, and because I'm in Canada, the graphic there they have in U.S. dollars, but the actual thing that's showing the progress is in Canadian dollars for me. And they should really do it in Canadian dollars because then they'd make more money because they're right now in Canadian dollars at 755524 So, Wow. Yes. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. In US dollars on my end, I'm seeing 597,180. Ooh, so they're just shy of 600,000, which is their next goal. That's very, very cool. Yeah, it says right here the flexible goal was at 150 and they're at 398% of goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. So each of these stretch goals kind of represents another thing they can do in the documentary. So additional graphics, um, filming various other aspects of it, uh, you know, composing an original score, etc. So yeah, each time they pass one of these goals, they're able to enhance the documentary in some way. So it really does have a tangible impact on what they're able to do. So yeah, I'll have a link to uh, both that article on the Trek Collective and the Indiegogo for the Voyager documentary and uh, yeah, you can uh, give to them. There's also all kinds of cool perks if you do so. There's pin sets, there's credit in the in the closing credits and posters and all kinds of really cool stuff that uh, is definitely very enticing. So th this whole thing started March 1st when you can start making donations. And I got up that morning and now I'm in the Eastern time zone here in the U.S. So I was sitting down eating breakfast at 830 in the morning. And as I'm eating my Cocoa Pebbles, I'm on Indiegogo because I got an email that said, hey, we're trying to raise $150,000 in the first 24 hours. Let's all do this. Now, that email came at 5 in the morning. It's now 8.30 a.m. my time. So it's only been three and a half hours. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'll make a donation today so they can meet their 150. But when I went to the Indiegogo site, it said they were like at 157000 I was like, wait a second, something's not right, because that means they already met their goal. I mean, they just sent the email out a little over three hours ago. And sure enough, the more I looked at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, they've already made goal in less than three hours. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. <laughs> and and it just went from there. It just continued to go up. And and what I'm getting at is here on the East Coast, that email hit me at five AM and it's eight thirty in the morning. On the Pacific Coast, on the West Coast, that email went out at 2 a.m. And most of those people haven't gotten it up yet. So by the time they woke up, we're way past goal. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, I was crazy. I was definitely in bed at that time. So that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm looking through some of these donation levels here, and like a four thousand U.S. dollar donation, seven out of twenty have been claimed. Like there are people donating crazy amounts of money here. Uh, ten thousand dollars, seven out of ten claimed. Wow, that's definitely more than I could ever donate to anything. I think so. Uh, that's amazing. I think we're in for a really cool documentary, thanks to their uh, Indiegogo supporters, for sure. I really want to meet somebody who donated 10000 I would yeah. like to know. I, I don't want to get all personal into their finances, but it's like, where are they financially? Do they have so much money that 10000 really isn't that big of a deal to them? Or is it that, you know, they don't have a whole lot of money, but... You know, they're taking this is that important to them that they're taking their some of their savings and putting it into this. I mean, that just shows a huge amount of love and dedication towards this documentary and Voyager. It's it's incredible. I, I wish the the organizers all the luck in the world. I'm looking forward to seeing this documentary at some point. I really, really enjoyed the Deep Space Nine documentary was happy to donate to that, really hoping for great things from Voyager as well here. So it looks like they're off to an incredible start. I haven't donated yet, but I do plan to. But if they were to ask me why I haven't donated, I'll just tell them that my money is lost somewhere in the Delta Quadrant. Oh, there you go. That happens. Yeah. You know, some of your American money was in a transporter accident with some of my Canadian money. And now it's like, can American money... Uh, so, you know, and it wants to live by itself, but I think we're going to have to murder it to separate it back out. So, yeah. Canadian, what is that? Canad, Canadian, Ken, American, American. What about Americada? Americada, <laughs> Americada, Americanada. Can- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ameri- uh, I don't know. United States of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know when I edit this episode, I'm leaving all of this in. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. To our listeners, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving on to our final bit of news from the Star Trek universe today. Uh, We have some recognition for Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard at the Saturn Awards. So uh, this is the 46th annual Saturn Awards. And the two series have racked up uh, seven nominations between the two of them. So uh, we have both Picard and Discovery nominated for Best Science Fiction Television Series. Some stiff competition there. They're going up against Doctor Who, Lost in Space, Pandora, Raised by Wolves, and Westworld. So I don't know. I Personally, I think Discovery deserves that award myself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you get no (laughs) argument for me. Definitely. Well, we also have acting nominations. Three actors from Star Trek Picard have been nominated. Of course, Sir Patrick Stewart, nominated for Best Actor on a Television Series. Issa Briones, Dodge slash Soji, uh, was nominated for Best Performance by a Younger Actor on a Television Series. So very deserved there, I think. She did an incredible job. I'm, I'm saying it right now. She's getting it. Mm-hmm. Well, we also have Jerry Ryan nominated for her work on Picard in the category of Best Guest Starring Performance on Television. Again, yeah, absolutely deserved. I think she'll get that one. And she's <laughs> going up against Kate Mulgrew, who's nominated for Mr. Mercedes. Oh, yeah, I see that here. Interesting. And up against Jeffrey Dean Morgan in The Walking Dead. That There's some stiff competition here. Mark Hamill, Giancarlo Esposito. Oof. 
Yeah, there's some there's some stiff competition in that category, I think. Well, we do also have two acting nominations on Discovery. Sinuko Martin-Green, of course, nominated for Best Actress on a Television Series. And uh, we have Doug Jones being nominated for Best Supporting Actor on a Television Series. I think Doug Jones definitely definitely needs to be recognized for his acting in that category. And Sinuko Martin-Green, again, up against some really heavy hitters, but I think, you know, she did an incredible job in season three of Discovery as well and definitely deserves this nomination and, fingers crossed, a win, maybe? Yeah, I mean, all of our Star Trek nominees deserve to win. I just can't you know compare it to these others because a lot of these i haven't seen these other actors in these series to make that judgment of who i think is going to win i mean regina king is nominated i mean she's incredible and she's nominated for Watchmen, and you know he's just you know who knows i hope more than one of our star trek friends win but here's the thing we've got actors from better call saul I'm not really understanding why that series is part of this because it says the Saturn Awards are for sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. And mm. I mean, Better Call Saul, I love that show. I've seen all the episodes, but I would not classify that as sci-fi, fantasy, or horror. I mean, there's some gruesome things, I guess you could say, in it, but it's a crime drama. I don't know why it's in this. I don't really understand that. It's strange that it's included here, yet you're absolutely right, but... I'd love to see the the reasoning behind that for sure. As as far as who's going to win, I mean, I will always 100% admit to complete and total bias in that. Yes, anytime Star Trek shows up in any of these awards and the Saturn Awards, of course, being sci-fi, uh, they show up all the time. I'm always rooting for Star Trek. I, I remember as a kid watching like the Emmy Awards or the Oscars and just being absolutely shocked that this entire show can go by with not one mention of Star Trek. And I'm like, that's not correct. And then anytime it did come up, I'm like, oh, they're going to win. They're going to win. They're going to win. And, uh, you know, it very rarely happened. So I'm always rooting for Star Trek in these. <laughs> Me too. I, I don't take the awards as seriously as I used to. I watch, used to watch the Academy Awards, the Grammys, the Emmys, you name it. I watched all that stuff. And... I think when I got to a point where I realized how, in some ways, political they are, and I don't mean people making their political opinions on stage, that's what I'm talking about, but there's politics behind the scenes and nominees and, you know, voting, and, you know, and then there's the positioning that studios make, and they spend money to promote their series or actors to the voters and try to get, you know, there's some posturing going on that comes with it. So sometimes I'm like, Oh sure. This one, this person won best, whatever, but is it really because they, people thought they were the best or because there was just more promotion on that person and, you know, or they're just because they're associated with that series, you know? And so I'm just like, ah, words don't mean anything to me now. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I was really into it as a young person and, and got really excited. Nowadays, it's kind of, they tend to pass me by and I go, oh, who won? Oh, okay, interesting. I feel like maybe in the future, I should take all of that energy that I put into following the Oscars and the Emmys and put them into the Saturn Awards because 
these are about shows that I enjoy and like and a genre that I'm really passionate about. So maybe I'll just become a big Saturn Awards aficionado. Do we know if this is streamed live? Oh, I found here from 2019 there was a live stream of it. Yeah, Aisha Tyler hosted apparently. We'll have to look into this and see if there is a way to, to stream these and, and watch because I think that would be actually an awards show that I'd be really interested in. Yeah, we'll check that out. Well, that was all the news that I was able to find that we could talk about in this week's episode of Positively Trek. So all that's left is to ask you, Bruce, where can people find you online when you're not chatting with me about the next Star Trek film, which may or may not come to pass? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. I'm on Instagram at Admiral Rex. And of course, I'm in our Facebook discussion group of Positively Trek. I'm in there. And where else can you find me? Occasionally on the Star Wars Report podcast and now even occasionally in the next month or two on Literary Treks. Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats, K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also find me on youtube.com slash Productions. And on Instagram, Kurtrats47, you can find the podcast online at Positively Trek on Twitter, as well as in our Facebook Positively Trek discussion group. Just search for that. We will let you right in. There's always great conversations happening there. If you're able, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Positively Trek. Lots of perks and uh, interesting award levels there. Thank you so much to our associate producer, William Smith, for all of your help. We'll see you all in the next episode. Until then, as always, stay positive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.